The podcast of this local government meeting is brought to you by Michigan Radio. For more coverage of local government meetings and to find out how you can support this service, go to michiganradio.org. Councilmember Mary Waters. Present. Councilmember Angela Whitfield Calloway. Present. You have a quorum present, Madam Chair. Thank you so much. Having a quorum present, we are now in session. Is there an approval of the minutes? Motion. There's a motion to approve the minutes. Hearing no objection, that action shall be taken. We are now going to move into public comment. If you are joining us in person or via Zoom, please raise your hand indicating that you are interested in public comment. I do not see anyone here in person. Good morning, team. Can you tell me how many hands we have raised via Zoom? Good morning, Madam Chair and honorable committee members. We have five hands raised for virtual public comment. Thank you. We are going to set the clock for two minutes. Let's proceed with the first caller. Yes, Madam Chair, the first caller is Motor City Rue. Good morning, Motor City Rue. You have two minutes. Yep, yep. Good morning, um, Council Chair uh, Letitia Johnson and um, Councilwoman uh, Mary Waters and uh, Angela Calloway. Yeah, it was uh, kind of bold what happened on your virtual meeting the other day. I raised my hand. I had a valid and legitimate question. I had a valid and legitimate question to ask um, Angela Calloway of Steve Watson, and um, he he mentioned uh, he had was going to make room for questions, time for questions. I raised my hand again and uh, got kicked off the meeting. That's right. Okay, well, here's something that everybody in the city needs to know. Detroit is a corrupt entity, and he's BS Blackface political figures on the city council are aware that there's been hundreds of millions of dollars worth of illegal loans in the former bonds taken out on the necks and the backs of the black citizens here in the city of Detroit, and especially the black youth who are going to have to pay these loans back to the year 2044. And we don't even know the amount of money that's uh, gonna have to be paid back. And that's because the city council has approved. We got three members on the city council, Mary Sheffield, James Tate, and Scott Benson, who have approved these Ill illegal bond issuances because there are no bonds that don't require notice to the public. Now the city is proffering up that only two bonds since 2014 needed, one needed notice and one needed voter approval. That's falsehood, that's a total lie. Every one of them either needed public hearing, voter approval, or notice for referendum. 
two calls. Thank you. The next caller. The next caller is Karen Winston. Good morning, Karen Winston. You have two minutes. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Doing well, thank you. How are you? I'm well. Um, thank you. Um, today I'd like to speak on um, a number of things, but I know I won't have time. One thing for sure is I'd like to speak on the pensions and pension restoration, as well as um, the fact that actually they're, they're operating in reverse. What I mean is the uh, legacy pensions are fully funded and the um, uh, people that are still working um, they're, they're, they'll earn theirs as they go. So everything we've been told about this hundred years, it, it may re, uh, relate to the people who are still working, it doesn't relate to the past retirees. So we're gonna have to take a look at that and, and uh, find out how we got that all mixed up. I've actually found the court documents um, that explain that. So I'm surprised nobody else knows about that. That's one thing. But another thing is the fact that uh, indemnify now, when we, when we indemnify these guys, we're actually saying that we're going to pay for the things that you did wrong. So I see we got a bunch of indemnifications on this today. So we're going to pay a lot of money um, to these people who've been wronged by either bus drivers having accidents or police officers um, not um, following the, um, you know, the rules for, you know, not to kill people, basically. So that's some things we're going to have to take care of. The last thing I'd like to speak on basically is the fact that we seem to give a lot of things away. We give things, we give land, we give, I just realized it's a people mover. We let them, we give them space. So we give a lot of things, but we can't seem to give to the residents, the taxpayers. We seem to only want to give crap to, uh, you know, big business. No, go away. To big business or, um, you know, or, uh, uh, millionaires, but the poor people, it looks like you want to see us poorer, you know, so I'd like to see those pensions taken care of. Thanks. Thank you. The next caller. The next caller is Cunningham. Good morning, Cunningham. You have two minutes. Three one three four 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 nine one one four. Three one three four 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 nine one one four. Three one three four 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 nine one one four. Also on Facebook, forced subservience Cunningham. On Facebook, forced subservience Cunningham. Again, forced subservience Cunningham. Um, last night's evening meeting went well. Um, everybody was in unison to raise the wages of the bus drivers. Um, Madam Chairwoman, how's your day going? I'm going to hope you're well. Madam Councilwoman Waters, same thing. Madam Councilwoman Calloway, same thing. I hope all is well and I continue to keep you all in prayer. Um, right now, things seem to be a little slow in the taxi cab business, um, I've been, people have been bartering. I don't smoke weed, I don't 
drink, smoke, or get high, but I, I've been borrowing. Some people have marijuana and they don't have cash. I take that. Some people have bridge cards. So I'll buy some food and I give it to my, my sister who's a widow uh, with her children. Um, I've had people say, though, that's not right to do that. But when things get tight, people should barter. That's an old tradition to barter. Um, and I do that. Um, Detroit Department of Transportation is getting a little better. Um, still getting a lot of complaints um, that the buses are not showing up or on time. Um, again, 313-444-9114. And I've had some constituents asking you, Ms. Johns, have you figured out why the DDOT police are following the Q line and working with the Q line more than they do with regular DDOT? Why is that? And also, I would love for a bus... Um, tickets and hand uh, bus tickets and validated parking for any city council meeting. That's a hurdle. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the question. We will check into it and let you know. The next caller. Yes, the next caller is William M. Davis. Good morning, William M. Davis. You have two minutes. Good morning, good morning, good morning. I'd like to speak on 10-4 on about the compensation. Uh, you know, I, I think it's horrible that city council is getting a third pay increase since the bankruptcy and not one penny has been returned to the city of Detroit retirees. You know, we have went through a horrible inflation the last few years, but even without counting that, our purchasing power has dropped by over 25% or more, but yet we have not received one penny back. Um, I think the city council should make a recommendation that city retirees should get their cost of living back. You know, we, we could wait a little bit longer for the other cuts that y'all, you know, that the city and the state, you know, stole from us. Also, until such time as the city Detroit retirees are fully restored, you know, y'all should look at other ways that y'all can help offset some of our expenses, you know, be it a discount on our water or a discount on our property taxes or what, whatever. There are a lot of stuff that the city do that could be at least beneficial for the city church retirees that live inside the city. There's thousands of us that live inside the city that frequently it seems as if the city has forgotten about us. And every day, more and more of us are dying. I've went to so many funerals in the last two years, you wouldn't believe it. But it would be very helpful if the city of Detroit was to explore ways to help the city of Detroit retirees, at the very least until we fully restore it. And, and one good thing to do would be to restore the cost of living. Um, I'm not one of the ones to think that the, the, pay, the pay increase is, out, you know, is way out there because I've been retired over 10 years and I used to make more than what y'all proposed to make. But there's a lot of other city retirees that's barely getting by. They only have like say a pension of 18 to $20,000 a year. So do- Thank you. The next caller. The next caller is the least of these. Good morning, the least of these. You have two minutes. Good morning, honorable body. Um, can you hear me? Yes. Chairperson, may I be heard? Yes. 
yes, what you are doing to the least of these is a shame. Oh, Mr. Cunningham just told you that we have reduced, we are reduced to bothering for things to get rides. And you all are, you know, trying to get scooters. Scooters are not what we need. You're expanding a business or more customers to people with a losing business model because that's what the scooters were. The, before you could get the pay, the money out of them, you were replacing things on them. So we know that business model was poor and what they needed was more customers. I am, um, I'm disappointed in you, Ms. Uh, Councilwoman Callaway. You always advocate for your district, but you're advocating for something over the city. I don't think you have a right to tell me what I deserve or want in my neighborhood. I don't want scooters in my neighborhood. It's fine to keep them downtown and midtown. That's where they're useful, but they're not useful. And what was really, really disheartening was Ms. Maddox called one of our most vocal and active Dis disabled residents, and she asked you to vote no, and you all are applauding for something that won't add anything to the city. They don't get any revenue. You just and, – and, and, and you as internal operations, you're going to approve indemnities. You just wait until scooters start running people over and all of the lawsuits you're going to get and indemnities you're going to get and the lawsuits on the people. Those have not even begun to start. You need to do an impact statement because what Mr. Schlesinger said, what I heard were a lot of resources that went into this that were city workers. Those are resources. He also engaged other departments like GS. Uh, the, uh, you all, you need to do an audit of where these people, who they work for, because they are not working for the city. So we're not getting our money's worth. They're working for everybody else, and you guys are just there to implement what they want, at the even if the citizens say no. Thank you. Thank you. We are now going to uh, cut off public comment. Public comment is now cut off. Mr. Grady, do we have any additional callers? Yes, Madam Chair, there were two hands raised before virtual public comment was cut off. Okay, the next caller? Yes, the next caller is number ending in 534. Good morning, caller ending in 534. You have two minutes. Good. Yes, good morning. May I be heard? Good morning, yes. Okay. Uh, thank you. I wish the city would care about Detroit residents, my neighbors, and me. And in honesty and transparency and true diversity and equity and in real inclusion, not secretive planning and exclusion, in the planning of our communities. Plenty of city officials, employees, don't respond and ignore me. Detroit police have abused and neglected me. It is so sad. Many Detroit residents have been treated so bad. My faith in this city and the Democrats have disappeared in me. So, <clears throat> Very disturbing what happened yesterday about the West Jefferson call that was um, that was done by a compromised council. 
uh, with Gabe Leland and Andrew Spivey. Uh, our FOIA department uh, doesn't respond to my FOIAs. It tells me really hard to believe things. I had a Detroit police officer. He wouldn't give me my name. He hung up on me after he wouldn't answer basic questions. Mary Sheffield's office has dropped me from some calls, too. So this is really unbelievable, folks. I like this used to be my committee of hope, no longer. And um, also, uh, if somebody can, uh, well, I don't know, folks. I, it just blows me away. It breaks my heart. And when people talk about white supremacy, this uh, this is happening under a mostly black city council. I can't believe I'm a returning resident to the city of Detroit. There has been purposeful and unnecessary bulldozing. There have been mysterious fires. Thank you. The next caller. Yes, Madam Chair, the final caller before virtual public comment was cut off is number ending in 711. Good morning, caller ending in 711. You have two minutes. Good morning, Lake Shelton. Um, I'm going to comment on something that I know quite a bit about, and that's the uh, municipal fines that have been issued under the Duggan administration that require notices. As the caller said previously, Mr. Rubin or Mr. Overwith, uh, he was spot on. Uh, and if you think about it, <clears throat> um, all all loans that's taken out on the city must require some form of notice. There's different kinds of notices that binds uh, by law. The municipalities are required to issue by law on bonds. But there's no bond that does not require some form of a notice either notice of referendum or referendum, either a public notice for a public meeting, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. A, a, a resolution uh, by the council, by the legislative bo uh, body that must be also published in a newspaper of general circulation. They all require notices. And if you think about it, council, and residents and taxpayers, it's only right. Because these bonds are loans that are taken out on the residents and taxpayers of the municipality. They have to pay it back. Plus, whatever interest uh, is calculated into it. And so legally, morally, and ethically, there has to be some form of public notice. And we went down to Miller Canfield yesterday, yesterday morning before we came to the council of the whole. They were running around in there like chickens with their head cut off, and nobody wanted to admit. Nobody admitted. None of those, none of those bond attorneys over there. Thank you. That being the final caller, public comment is now cut off. We are going to move into our agenda. And the first item on the agenda is our 1015 interview for the appointment of Annie Mendoza. 
I see Ms. Mendoza present in the room. If you will please join us at the table. Good morning, and if you will please just press the bottom of the microphone. And, there you go. If you will introduce yourself for the record, uh, tell us about yourself, your background, and your interest in the Human Rights Commission. Good morning, um, through the chair. Good morning. Um, Ani Mendoza, I am a District 2 resident. Um, been serving in, in local government for about the past eight years. Um, currently, and, and most recently, with the Michigan Justice Fund over at the Community Foundation for Southeast Michigan. I serve as the program officer there, and I'm just a few weeks in. Um, started my career in, in, in government about eight years ago at the Detroit Land Bank Authority. Um, came there as an intern um, with the Community Development Program out of University of Detroit Mercy. Um, was there, helped with the side lot and auction programs, made my way over to the Building and Safety Department for about two years. Um, served there as a project manager and data analyst. Um, working on commercial corridor cleanup and, and environmental safety um, and uh, you know that work really fostered around making a uh, an environment that would promote small businesses along those corridors um, went over to Wayne County uh, was a business development uh, manager there uh, became the deputy director of economic development division and was there for about two years or so serving the 43 diverse Wayne County communities um, Ecorse, Inkster, Romulus, Livonia, um, and, and then made and tried my transition over to the Community Foundation um, about mid-January. And my interest in this role is, um, I think I do come with a, a unique lens of understanding how the different departments work. When I was with the Building and Safety Division, um, I helped lead a cross-departmental effort to clean up some of the corridors. and that required us to work with the Public Lighting Authority, with General Services Department, with DPD for abandoned vehicles. Um, and so understanding how those different uh, departments work, um, understanding the barriers that can be in place for some residents to get in contact with, with those departments um, is, is a lens that I bring that I think is unique. Thank you for that. Do you have any particular thoughts or ideas that you'd like to see implemented in the city? In the city or? Relative in, to human rights. Yeah, I think that, um, yeah, I think we dealt with this the most in the building and safety division and, and even when I was at the land bank is, is education, buyer education for at the land bank was one thing and I know they're quasi-governmental so we don't really have that arm in there. Um, but when I was at the building and safety department, I don't think people wanted to not be compliant. It was um, the lack of communication to say this is what's compliant and this is what's not compliant. Um, I think that there's a language barrier in different areas of the city. I think off the top of my head, I think D3, I think D7, I think D6. Um, and so making sure that materials, you know, you have translations for the different materials that you might have a translator. Um, I know those are things just off the top of my head that I find that are important. Um, so. Thank you. I'm going to uh, turn it over to my colleagues now. Member Calloway. Yes, thank you and good morning. And I'm glad you live in my district, District 2. I, I mean, I sat up when you said that. So, um, neighbor, uh, Ms. Mendoza, what is the purpose of the Human Rights Commission? Just educate me. 
Yeah, so from my understanding, um, based off of the charter, it is our job to help give feedback and to help um, craft ways to um, implement some of the objectives that they are trying to do. So if they have a focus on, um, you know, I know there's like DBOP, right, um, the Detroit Business Opportunity Program, how do they make that more efficient? And so just as an example for that, what my job might be is to say, you know, based off of my experience and my lens, these are the ways that you can reach more people and to offer that feedback to the director and to that department. Um, and so that, and I think, you know, in a way to hold them accountable um, for practices that are maybe outdated um, or they're just not making a large enough reach out to the community. Um, and their job is to hold departments accountable in different ways, right? Um, which is particularly my interest here um, in understanding that barriers that come with with some of the departments and a capacity issue at times. And, and so holding the human rights department accountable is part of my role. Um, through the chair, how would you hold them accountable? What tools do you have um, at your disposal to make sure that you can hold them accountable? I think it would be giving f feedback and being yeah. very active monthly um, and having transparent conversations with the director and, and bringing my lens and, and you know, I'm not going to say evidence-based, but I mean being able to bring my lens and, and say, like, how many people are you actually reaching? Do you have data for that? Yeah. Um, and so I think to the extent that I know, um, just putting it on the table for the rest of the uh, appointed members to be able to see. And my last question, how many people sit on the commission? Um, I believe it is 15 or 11, I think I'd have to, um, 15 in total. Do you know how many times you guys meet? Uh, we meet month monthly. All right, thank you so much. Thank you, any additional questions? I do have one um, additional question. Um, so I'm not sure, are you familiar with the Detroiters Bill of Rights? I'm not. Okay. No. All right. I think, I think that might be, um, at least from a council perspective, um, a document to familiarize yourself with. It, um, I believe it was approved maybe two years ago in 2021 that Council President um, shepherded it. And it really just speaks to um, things such as right to safety, access to clean water and sanitation, you know, things of that nature, um, things that I would consider to be basic human rights. Um, and so I think it's important to be aware. And if we can move, uh, you know, different departments into ensuring that Detroiters have access, um, have those rights, that would be awesome. Thank you. Just food for thought. I will take a look at it. Excellent. Thank you so much. Um, seeing no additional questions or comments, uh, we appreciate your time. And if there's anything else you'd like to leave us with, please do. Just appreciate the opportunity to serve in this capacity, potentially. So thank you. Thank you. And I know um, my some of my team members were just sharing with me that you worked with the Department of Neighborhoods um, and that you were, uh, they said that you did a great job at BC. So we appreciate your work. Thank you. Thank you.
colleagues. We do have um, line item 9.1. If we can entertain line item 9.1, which is submitting resolution authorization for the appointment of Annie Mendoza to the Human Rights Commission with a term ending on January 19, 2025. Is there a motion? There is a motion to approve line item 9.1 to send it to formal with a recommendation to approve. Hearing no objection, that action shall be taken. Dr. Powers. Um, Madam Chair, um, I believe you have um, a, a number of Human Rights Commission individuals. Do you not? Yes. Okay. okay. Um, it would be my suggestion that rather than going to each of the individual motions that you send them together um, because they're supposed to all go to formal at the same time. Not that doing different motions now would be not correct. It's just that it would save you uh, uh, simply a motion to send the following names to formal for consideration. Thank it, you. Uh, so, Dr. Powers, we do have separate resolutions. So we have line items 9.1, 9.2, and 9.3. can take them together. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. So we shall do that moving forward. Our next interview is... It is with Deron Buffington. Mr. Buffington is here for an interview for the Human Rights Commission. Please join us at the table. Good, Good morning. morning. Good Will morning. You please introduce yourself for the record, share a little bit about your background, and um, tell us about your interest in the Human Rights Commission. Okay. Um, good morning to all of you. Um, my name is Jerome Buffington. I am a lifelong Detroiter. I live in District 2 as well. And uh, I am a Dean of Culture and Climate uh, for DPS-CD. I almost forgot to say the CD on there. Um, I work in uh, Detroit schools. I've been there for maybe about two years now. Um, I have worked in the community in various capacities. I've been a business development manager for uh, Visiting Nurses Association. I've also been um, community affairs and relations for uh, DMC, specifically with Sinai Grace on the west side of Detroit. Um, I've worked with um, communities and schools programs as an outreach coordinator. Um, I've been oh, uh, political organizations, um, um, committee person for uh, the Board of Elections with uh, the elections down at um, at Cobo Hall or uh, for I'd, I'd say the last four or five elections. Um, I've been a precinct delegate uh, for my precinct, uh, board member for um, Palmer Woods Association, um, and I've worked a lot in the community with uh, various community groups. So um, I love my city and I, I, I love getting out in the community and actually meeting people and, Help me make things happen. Excellent. 
Um, so you said that you are currently the Dean of Culture and Climate for DPSCD? Yes, ma'am. Do you work for a particular school? Yes, I do, at Dawson uh, Elementary and Middle School. Okay. All right, excellent. Uh, thank you. So one of so the, the question that I asked Ms. Mendoza is relative to the uh, Detroiters' Bill of Rights. Are you familiar with it? I am not. I'm sorry. That was the first time that I'd heard of it as well. Okay, excellent. Well, I will, I will encourage you as well to uh, review it. I think it is a great document um, that may help to facilitate some conversations with departments, uh, just ensuring that Detroiters have access to um, human rights, basic human rights that have been identified by council, um, albeit before we got here. But I think uh, many of us are uh, certainly in support of those that have been identified and think that it's important that Detroiters have access to those rights. Colleagues, any comments or questions? Member Calloway. Good morning. Um, I met a Mr. Buffington, elderly gentleman, um, at one of my meetings, um, um, very grassroots, very rooted in his community. Um, and he took me on a tour of some areas of District 2 I was not aware of. He showed me where that plaque was that the Daughters of the American Revolution installed on the corner of Covington and Woodward. I would ask all of you to go by that site. It's at ground level, so you got to get on your knees because when we were driving around, he said, you know, um, Council Member Keller, you're going to have to get out of the car park. He's very, very bossy, elderly gentleman. <laughs> he says, uh, ma'am, you're going to have to park your car so you can get out and look at the, um, at the placard. And he says, um, you got to get down. So I parked my car like I was instructed. And I took a picture. You have to actually get on your knees. That's how low down it is. But we're going to work on that, Member Waters and I. And then I called him this morning when I saw Jerome Buffington's name. I said, Mr. Buffington, would you happen to know a Mr. Jerome Buffington? He said, yes, ma'am. That is my son, and he's a really nice guy. And um, 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 he graduated <laughs> from Morehouse. And so I was waiting for you to say that you graduated from Morehouse. I see your maroon shirt um, a turtleneck on, but is that true? That is very true. You were looking I, at your Spellman sister, so you and I have that connection. So, um, <laughs> absolutely. So, um, hi, my Morehouse brother. Hello. I, I, I'm surprised you don't remember me oh. when you were uh, actually running. I met you out at Neiman Marcus, and we talked about. Uh, I think you were with, with your daughter. You were at a uh, at a snooty type of reception <laughs> at the Neiman. Yeah, I I, I hadn't. I, I don't even know how I got invited to that one, but yes. For me either. Yeah, but, but we yeah. were there. I remember you now. Yes, but, and um, I, I apologize for my father's bossiness. No, 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 <laughs> don't apologize. I liked it because he showed me areas, and I'm not going to prolong this, um, but it, I don't even mean to get off topic, so thank you, Madam Chair, for allowing me to even have this conversation with Mr. Buffington, but no, I appreciate, appreciate that because he understands what's happening on the east side of Woodward. He's grounded, so I shouldn't have said bossy. I would just say direct and very respectfully direct um, because places that we went to, I knew nothing about. So it was an education moment for me. So I have nothing but respect for your dad. And, um, you know, the Bible always talks about fruit doesn't fall far from the tree. I guess that's in the Bible. But anyway, it's a pleasure to meet you. And I know you're going to do great things on if you happen to get selected for the Human Rights Commission. It's a pleasure to meet you for the second time. Thank and you. make sure you tell your dad I said hello. I most definitely will. But don't tell him I said he was bossy. <laughs> Thank you, Madam Chair. I'll say that myself. Everything here is recorded. Don't worry about it, Mr. <laughs> Buffington. Uh, Member Waters. Uh, thank you, Madam Chair. You know, well, first of all, Morehouse, we, well, we know how that goes, you know. 
HBCU. Yes, ma'am, all the way. <laughs> oh, I don't really have a question, but you did say you were, you live in the District 2 as well. Yes, ma'am. What is going on today with District 2? <laughs> a very good district to live in. I've lived in it most of my life. Okay. That's all I was to say. I was messing with Member Calloway. <laughs> all right. Thank you, Madam Chair. Thank you. Uh, Mr. Buffington, I do just want to circle back to um, just a, a general question around your interest in the Human Rights Commission. Um, well, I think the rights of all of the residents of Detroit are very important uh, to make sure that there is no discrimination, um, to make sure there is no harassment, uh, as well as making sure that folks know that they have a place to go when that does take place. And um, that is basically my interest in it, to make sure that folks know about us. Um, what well, I'm sorry, if I were to be, uh, if, I, if I were to get this, this appointment. Um, but uh, I will be honest, I did not know about it at first. So um, to piggyback on, on what my uh, hopefully future colleagues said, um, there's a need for folks to know that this is here, uh, that um, there is a place that they can go to when they feel discriminated against or they feel harassed, uh, whether it be a city employee or um, a resident. So that is one of the things that um, I would like to do is actually get out there in the community and spread the word and let them know what takes place on this commission. Excellent. I think that's great. Um, always great to engage the community and make sure that the community is aware uh, because there are a number of boards and commissions that um, provide support to residents throughout the city. And so that's extremely important. And um, I'm glad that you have that, that interest in um, connecting with residents and making sure they know what the commission does. So thank you. Thank you. Uh, Madam Chair, just one little thing. Member Waters. Yeah, you know, oftentimes, um, Mr. Buffington, I'm not sure if the people understand the difference between human rights and civil rights. You know, so um, you have any comment about that, your own perspective? Um, I think human rights um, border on basic human needs, mm -hmm. um, whereas civil rights have to do with the law itself. And um, they do quite intersect sometimes, mm -hmm. but not always. Some folks think that a human right uh, is a legal right, and you have to go by the law when dealing with um, human rights, I mean, with civil rights, as opposed to human rights. So. Thank you, ma Thank you, Mr. Buffington. Madam Chair, thank you. Thank you. All right, Mr. Buffington, thank you so much for joining us this morning. We appreciate your time and uh, look forward to moving uh, the appointment forward. Thank you. Thank you. You all have a wonderful day. Excuse me, Madam Chair, may I, Mr. Buffington? Yes, ma'am. Mr. Bullock just said, are you also an Omega Sci-Fi? Yes, I am. Okay, I'm so he's saying proud good member of Omega Sci-Fi. <laughs> okay, so I'm sorry, y'all. He's sending me a text, so I know Mr. Bullock <laughs> is listening, so that's your frat. So that's, okay, so there you go. I did it, Mr. Bullock. Thank you. Okay, colleagues, we are going to move to our final interview for the Human Rights Commission, and we have Mr. Marlashawn Franklin, Sr. Mr. Grady, presumably he's joining us via Zoom. Yes, Madam Chair, he's been promoted to panelist. 
Thank you. Morning. Good morning, Mr. Franklin, and uh, thank you for joining us. Thank if you, you will, for the record, just introduce yourself. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and your interest in the Human Rights Commission. All right. Uh, my name is Marlo Sean Franklin, Sr., uh, lifelong Detroiter, 51 years. Uh, I currently am the political director for SEIU Local 1 been an advocate of this city uh, for many years. Uh, I worked uh, in the city of Detroit mayor's office as a constituent relations rep. From there, I went to work what they called back then was what they have now is the Department of Neighborhoods, but I was a neighborhood city hall manager on the east side of Detroit over at Butzel Family Center. Uh, from there, I worked under the leadership of Benny Napoleon uh, at the Wayne County Sheriff's Office as a uh, uh, disciplinary hearing officer. Uh, from there, I was appointed by uh, Wayne County Executive Warren Evans uh, as a community outreach coordinator uh, that handled different departments, which human rights was one of the departments that I uh, that was under my purview uh, there as the communicate. I mean, the community coordinator for Wayne County, which covered 43 communities throughout the city, uh, I mean, throughout the county. Uh, civic engagement, I mean, civic um, organizations I'm involved in, uh, United Way, I'm on the Labor Committee for the United Way, also uh, the Detroit Brownsville uh, uh, Redevelopment Authority, uh, just was appointed to there. I'm on the 13th Congressional District, uh, uh, State Central, uh, and also the biggest uh, uh, group that I'm in is the Grandfather's Club. I just turned a grandfather in uh, December 20, uh, December 23rd of 2023. Uh, my part of wanting to take on this position is the work that I've been doing uh, my whole career, which is connecting the dots to city government. Uh, one of the biggest misnomers is the Human Rights Department uh, that I believe that needs to be more educated to the public in regards to not only just the citizens and, and things that uh, 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 they go on with disability and, and businesses. One of the biggest things that I've done under that purview and still do to this day uh, without working uh, for the city or the county was to connect business to be getting certifications uh, to be able to gain access to uh, contracts to uh, various departments throughout uh, the state of Michigan. So uh, with this, I would love to continue that work in a bigger capacity to be able to educate folks on, on this department. And I am a proud member of District 4. I heard District 2 twice uh, regarding this, but I am a resident of District 4. Thank you so much, and thank you for representing the East Side. Um, <laughs> so one, one of the questions that, so it sounds like you are pretty busy. Uh, these days with yes. all of the uh, the activities that you have going on. We know that um, your your full-time job also keeps you very busy, but very connected. Um, yes, ma'am. Can you, I did inquire about the Detroiters Bill of Rights. Are you familiar with it? I am familiar with it, haven't read it, but I know that I've been following uh, the Bill of Rights under leadership of Council President Sheffield. Uh, uh, 
regarding that, uh, but I have not gotten the opportunity to read the document. Okay. Uh, I will encourage you to do so, as I did the mm -hmm. uh, previous two interviewees. And um, I, I think it's just a great sounding board for conversations with uh, departments just to make sure that residents um, are at the forefront of our minds as we talk about uh, shifting things, adjusting things, and, and just making sure that basic um, human rights are, are met as it relates mm -hmm. to our responsibility and things that we can do in within the local government. Um, all right, well, thank you. Thank you so much. Um, Member Waters, any comments or questions? Good morning. Good morning, Member Waters. <laughs> I, I, um, I do know we just appointed you the other day <laughs> to Brownfield. Are you able to do both? I am. I, from my understanding, it, it was it's not a conflict. Uh, the Brownfield has two monthly meetings a, a month. Uh -huh. uh, this one is one one meeting a month. Uh -huh. And uh, looking at my my schedule, uh, is there definitely doable? Okay. All right. I was just wondering. I just wanted to make sure that we had the authority to appoint you to both, and not not have somebody to. Uh, you know, recall it, if you would. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I, I see this is not an issue. Uh, I did okay. bring this up. Uh, uh, I did make folk aware of this. And from okay. my understanding, there should be no conflict uh, whatsoever. All right, my schedule allows for me to be uh, uh, very available uh, for such a very important uh, appointment. Okay. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Member Callaway, any comments or questions? All right. Well, Mr. Franklin, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate you. It sounds like you're going to be steeped in what's happening in the city of Detroit and, and local government. Um, but we certainly appreciate your time. And, and should this move forward, my office will certainly stay very closely connected with you around uh, the boards and commissions that you sit on as we look to share that information with residents in the district and just so they know what's going on throughout local government as a whole. So um, look forward to that. I definitely look forward to it and potentially being on this board and being voted through. Uh, like I stated, uh, my, my feet is in the concrete here within the city and then district four and throughout the state. Uh, we have a lot of work to do and I want to be a part of the progress that goes on to build progression throughout the state of Michigan. So I appreciate you guys time. Thank you. Thank you. So that closes out our final Human Rights Commission interview. Um, if we can go to the agenda. So we already moved on line item 9.1. Um, but if we can combine line items 9.1 through 9.3, uh, these are the three interviews that we just held. Um, I do want to team is is Mr. King available online? Yes, Mr. King is available. Thank you, Mr. King. Can you just for the record um, share who actually makes the appointment for the Human Rights Commission? Madam Chair, these, these appointments are mayoral appointments, these three. 
Okay. I am uh, look, I'm looking through the charter as we speak to um, be certain if uh, Mr. Um, Franklin can serve uh, in both capacities. Okay, thank you. And I just I wanted to I wanted to make that clear because I, um, as the District Four City Council member, identified Mr. Franklin for the Debra CAC, and then this appointment is from the administration. That is correct. Thank you, Member Waters. Um, does council member, do we have any appointments to the Human Rights Commission? No? I, Mr. King? I, he can't hear me? Mr. King, he's froze. <laughs> oh, Mr. King is gone. <laughs> he's frozen out. Through the chair. Uh, I. I can, can I be heard? Yes. Oh, <laughs> sorry. Yes, me. Mr. King, you were frozen for a moment. I, I'm in the process of um, looking through the documents. I'm sorry. I'm in the process of looking through the documents to see if, uh, if what exactly what council's appointments are. It's not listed on the document that we had in, in, in the committee. <laughs> Our boards and commissions for you all by next week. Thank you. Okay. All right. Thank you. So shall we bring these line items back at the end of the agenda? There's a motion to bring line items 9.1 through 9.3 back at the end of the agenda. Hearing no objection, that action shall be taken. Madam Chair. Madam Clerk. Yes. So previously you had already had a motion for 9.1 to move to formal. So is that motion being reconsidered or you just bring it back 9.2 and 9.3 since 9.1 already had a motion made? So yeah. thank you for the question. Um, based on the direction of Dr. Powers, it's really just to have all three move together. Um, because they are um, all three Human Rights Commission appointments. Dr. Powers. The fact that you've already moved 9.1 is fine. Um, and there's no reason you can't bring it back at the end also and discuss it again. Um, there may be information that comes up from Mr. King that might want you to um, take a second look at one. I don't know. So at this point, having one, two, and three come back at the end is perfectly okay. Thank you. Thank you, Madam Chair. Thank you, Dr. Powers. Thank you, Madam Clerk. Colleagues, without objection, I'd like to combine line items 9.4 through 9.6 as well as 9.8. These are various uh, reappointments. We have not yet scheduled the interviews. Uh, is there a motion to bring line items 9.4 through 9.6 and 9.8 back in two weeks? Motion. Any objection? 
Hearing none, that action shall be taken. Thank you. We shall now go to the interview for line item 9.7. Uh, the interview is with Mr. Karan Pinkins. Yes, Madam Chair, Mr. Pinkins has been promoted to panelist. Thank you. Hey, Madam Chair, that's line item number eight. Yes. Line Thank item you. number eight is the interview associated with line item 9.7. Thank you, Madam Chair. Thank you. Good morning, Mr. Pinkins. Will you please introduce yourself for the record? Um, tell us uh, about your background and um, your interest in the Board of Ethics. Well, first off, uh, good morning to the committee. Good morning, Madam Chairwoman. Uh, my name is Karan Pinkins. I am a uh, lifetime Detroiter. Uh, I am also a resident of District 2. You know, we've been overwhelmingly uh, representative today. Um, I'm a licensed practicing attorney in the city of Detroit. Uh, I did return to Detroit back in 2009, where I practiced law in Boston, Massachusetts, for a number of years. But I wanted to move home to try to make a difference in my city. I, received so much uh, negative responses from people around the country about Detroit. So I figured, you know what, there's so many of us leaving the city that uh, we need to go back and work to make a difference in our own community. And that's what I did back in 2009. Uh, since returning, I have uh, participated in a number of community service organizations. I sit on a number of boards uh, currently. I am also the former chairman of the Wayne County Ethics Board, where I served uh, for eight years. Uh, I served four of those years as chairman. I, I, my term ended, expired as me as the chairman of the board. And under the, as the, in my role as chairman, we worked to implement a number of changes to the Wake County Ethics uh, Board and its uh, functions. A number of things that we did uh, implement. One was uh, we implemented a monthly meeting schedule uh, before I became the chairman. Uh, we did not have a monthly meeting. Uh, we made some changes to the, the way we received the complaints and, and any advisory opinions that we uh, issued. We also hired an attorney for the board when I became the chair and while serving on the board, we did not have a, an attorney for the board, which was stated in the ethics ordinance. And I made sure that we hired and, and retained an attorney for the board. Uh, we made a number of um, changes to the ethics ordinance to make to give it more clarity. We also uh, went around the county, making sure that people around Wayne County knew what we that we were there and what we did, and let people know that uh, if they found that they needed some relief from any sort of ethical uh, violations that occurred from Wayne County public employees and public servants, that they knew a place that that they could come to and seek that relief. And so we worked tirelessly to implement those changes and made sure that the, Wayne, the residents of Wayne County knew that uh, we were there to make sure that uh, we kept an eye on things and make sure that people were doing what they were supposed to do. Um, my interest in the Detroit Board of Ethics, uh, I do think I can bring my expertise and experience to the Detroit Board of Ethics. Um, like the Wayne County Ethics Board, the Detroit Board of Ethics does a number of things that we did on the Wayne County Ethics Board, but actually Detroit Board of Ethics does much more. Um, we, my understanding of Detroit Ethics Board and reading the city charter is uh, they also hire, and, I mean, not excuse me, hire, but they also train many of the public officials in the ethics ordinance. 
something I wanted to implement with Wayne County, but wasn't able to do under my tenure. Um, but they do a, lot, a number of other things that I do think are really beneficial. And I do think uh, my expertise would be an addition to the Detroit Board of Ethics. And with that said, I'll entertain any questions. Thank you for the, uh, the background information. Um, so I'm wondering if you have thoughts. Uh, so you said the city of Detroit or our local government does more. Um, do you have any thoughts on ways that we can improve our ethics standards? We've had some hiccups in the past. Uh, sure. Um, I, I think mainly is making sure uh, everyone knows what those ethical standards are. Uh, one thing I did do uh, with the Detroit, with the Wayne County Ethics Board is uh, I wanted to make sure all the local municipalities within Wayne County had rules of ethics or the ethics ordinance within their establishment with, and that they trained all the public officials and public employees on the ethics ordinance. A lot of times we found violations just because many times people didn't know what they were violating just for, because they didn't know what the ethics ordinance said or what what ethic ordinance were, were there, ethical ordinance were there. So I do think more uh, knowledge and education of the ethics ordinances, what is ethical violation, what isn't. Uh, under my tenure, we made sure it was so broad, we made sure that uh, some people even came to us if they had any questions or doubts as to whether or not they were violating ethics ordinances. If they were accepted uh, a position somewhere else uh, while they were within Wayne County, if that would be a conflict of interest. So that made sure that a person wasn't violating the ethics ordinance in just doing that and seeking out advisory opinion before they actually did something. They will come to us and ask, is this okay for me to do this? And will I be violating any ethics ordinance if I were to do this? I think that's something that can be implemented more so also within the city of Detroit. But I do understand that the Detroit Board of Ethics also hears complaints and also issues advisory opinions. Uh, I think there should be more of that done. But I do think uh, many residents uh, should know uh, what, the, what the Detroit Ethics Board does and that they're there. Some people I've talked to have heard of the, have heard of Detroit Board of Ethics as they did the Wayne County Board of Ethics. But when I became, when I joined the Wayne County Ethics uh, Board and also when I was chair, a lot of people didn't know what we did. A lot of people didn't know many of the things that uh, we did. They didn't know that they could come to us for relief for certain things that was taking place. Uh, we overseen a, a number of issues, even going back to recently with the uh, election in 2020. Uh, there was an issue with the um, Wayne County Board of, of Canvassers, and we heard complaints regarding that uh, with respect to uh, one of the members there. So we heard a lot of, uh, of complaints, issued a number of opinion advisories and rulings beyond that. Um, so I, again, I just uh, sort of long version of your, uh, your question and an answer is to make sure that people know that the Detroit Ethics Board is there and what it does and that they have access to it and access to the means with which to file complaints and also making sure that the uh, public officials uh, know and understand all the ethical uh, rules and, and, and ordinances that are in place. Thank you. I, I appreciate the long answer because I think this is extremely important. Uh, and I think it's something that um, we can continue to build upon. So we currently have mandatory training. I think one of the, um, the items that would resonate with me as a newer elected official is regular check-ins or maybe having 
sessions where we go over scenarios that would raise um, a red flag for uh, elected officials to know that, you know, you're, you may be um, crossing the line or you're straddling, straddling the line in this particular scenario, because I don't, I don't necessarily think it um, is always so easy to identify when you are um, overstepping a boundary. Um, so do you have any thoughts or ideas on um, what can be done? How do we hold elected officials accountable if you know that they have violated uh, the code of ethics? Well, what we do, what we did in Wayne County, and it's a good question too, too. Thank you, uh, Madam, Madam Councilwoman. Uh, one thing we did too was we also, when the ethics ordinance for Wayne County was created in 2012 by Commissioners uh, Ilana Varga and uh, Commissioner Warrenchek, was when they drew up the ethics ordinance, it, it was pretty much on the surface. It didn't cover a lot of things that happened day to day. So under my tenure, what I did as chairpersons, we went through all of the members, all, I mean, I had the whole board. We went through line by line and made sure that we uh, implemented changes to the ethics ordinance. And we submitted those changes to the Wayne County Commission. Because a lot of times we found that, like you said, a lot of people didn't know if they were violating an ethics ordinance or not. And a lot of times there was a lot of gray areas in the writing. So you could read it a certain way and it really didn't cover. You didn't know if it was a violation or not. So what we tried to do is to try to give it more clarity. So the elected officials, the public employees understood what they were doing, and what they were not doing. Now to get to your second question, um, how can you hold people accountable? Well, what we did was uh, anyone could file a complaint. Uh, you could file it. Sometimes there was issue of whether or not it could be filed anonymously or not, uh, but anyone could file a complaint. And once you file that complaint, we did hold hearings under my tenure as in my leadership. We hold hearings. We asked for evidence. We had the complainant come forward. The recipient of the complaint is allowed to file a response. And we do within a certain time period, we had to hold a hearing on that complaint. And we made sure we held to that time period. If a person came forward, if they could prove that the ethics ordinance was violated, again, this was under a few hearings and um, our own investigation as well through our attorney. But uh, if we found that a vaccine ethics ordinance was violated, we could issue um, a number of things. We could issue a, um, ultimately uh, a request that the person uh, be removed to that particular department. Um, there was also sanctions to be issued through the uh, Wayne County Prosecutor's Office, through the city, through the, the, uh, the courts of the city of Detroit, the uh, uh, chair of the through the, um, the head of the 36th District Court, we could also request uh, penalties and form of fines and fees. So I think a number of those things should be in place as well with Detroit Board of Ethics, if there are violations and if those violations have been proven so after uh, extensive hearings and whatnot. Now, again, the recipients of those complaints are able to come forward and present their rebuttal evidence to show that they did not violate, or if they did violate it, then it was possibly uh, done um, uh, uh, inadvertently without their understanding that they were violating the ethics ordinance. So those are a number of things. And, and if we found that they did not violate it or they violated uh, inadvertently, then uh, those were things that we addressed well. Oftentimes there was just possibly a, um, a warning issue and, that's, and that was pretty much it. 
Uh, but if it was sort of egregious and blatant, then we went a step further. So those are things I think that should be implemented with the Detroit Board of Ethics to make sure that uh, we are holding um, public officials and accountable. And therefore it will give the residents a little more um, assurity that um, the public officials are being held accountable and that the city is operating uh, fully and, and, and are following the ethics ordinance rules. Thank you. Uh, I will turn it over to my colleagues to see if they have any questions or comments. Member Callaway? No, I don't have any. Thank you. All right, seeing no additional questions or comments, we appreciate you for your time. Um, if there's anything you'd like to share with us beyond what you've already shared, please do. Otherwise, we will wrap up the interview. Uh, no, I'd just like to thank you all for your time. Thank you for being here. I know this, uh, this day is uh, getting ready to get really tough for everyone. It's, uh, yeah, we're talking about an ice storm today. So thank you all for being here. Thank you for inviting me to come. And thank you for your time. Thank you. And thank you for your interest. We appreciate it with your background. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, colleagues. We have closed out all of our interviews. We are now going to move back to the agenda um, and we will go to line item 9.7. Status of Council President Pro Tem James Tate submitting memorandum relative to nomination of Mr. Karan Pinkins Esquire to the Board of Ethics. Is there a motion to approve line item 9.7? Motion. Any objection? Hearing none, that action shall be taken. Uh, Mr. King, feel free to jump in whenever you have um, clarifying information relative to line items 9.1 through 9.3. Madam Chair. Madam Clerk. Line um, item 9.7 was a memorandum through President Pro Tem that he submitted. It wasn't an actual resolution. So this item, is it moving forward and the resolution will come from LPD? Thank you, Madam Clerk. We will certainly put forth a motion for LPD to draft a resolution for the appointment. Thank you, Madam Chair. Thank you. Mr. King. Yes, Madam Chair, can I be heard? Yes. Uh, the appointments to the Human Rights Commission are solely mayoral appointments. Okay, thank you. And there's no uh, concern considering that uh, we just recently appointed Mr. Franklin to another board i i would defer to the law department for that opinion thank you good, good morning, morning we, ha chair. we have a new face from the law department please introduce yourself good morning madam chair my name is jordan miller i'm filling in on behalf of your usual counsel graham anderson today <clears throat> and uh in our preliminary cursory look through the relevant statutes and uh, charter sections. Uh, we don't find uh, a 
per se conflict uh, at this time. Uh, we would, of course, need uh, a little further uh, time to investigate uh, further to confirm, but uh, our preliminary analysis does not indicate uh, a um, preclusion in that. Thank you. So, Attorney Miller, you are essentially indicating that we can move forward. If there is a conflict that arises, that you will inform us of it and we will proceed accordingly? Yes, Madam Chair. Thank you. Colleagues, without objection, I'd like to combine again line items 9.1 through 9.3. Is there a motion to move these items forward? Motion. There's a motion to send line items 9.1 through 9.3 to formal with a recommendation to approve. Hearing no objection, that action shall be taken. Thank you. And now we are moving into new business. Dr. Powers. Um, Madam Chair, did you want to get the motion for LPD to do that resolution now? Th thank you. Is there a motion to request LPD to draft a resolution to nominate Mr. Karan Pinkins, Esquire, to the Board of Ethics? Motion. Hearing no objection, that action shall be taken. Thank you, Mr. King. Thank you, Dr. Powers. We shall now move into new business. One moment. We are going to all right. Line item ten point one is a settlement request in lawsuit of Theodore Marbury, Latanya Marbury. Devin Shelheen Williams and Lavasha Marbury versus Ibrahim Kakish and James Corsi, case number 20-10182 in the amount of $125,000. Is there a motion to approve or discuss? Motion to approve. Any objection? Hearing none, that action shall be taken. Line item 10.1 shall be sent to formal with a recommendation to approve. Line item 10.2 is a settlement request in lawsuit of Joshua Robinson versus City of Detroit, Progressive Marathon Insurance Company, and Charlie Jackson Jr. Case number 21. 
$1,000,001,664 in the amount of $65,000. Is there a motion to approve or discuss? Motion to approve. Any objection? Hearing none, that action shall be taken. Line item 10.2 shall be sent to formal with the recommendation to approve. Line item 10.3. is a settlement request and lawsuit of Carlos Rice versus City of Detroit, case number 21-012082-NF in the amount of $107,575. Is there a motion to approve or discuss? Motion to approve. Any objection? Hearing none, that action shall be taken. Line item 10.4. Submitting resolution authorization for Detroit elected officials compensation commission to increase the salaries of elected officials of the city of Detroit. Hmm. Is there a motion to approve or discuss? Anything, Angela? Motion to approve. There's a motion to approve line item 10.4. Hearing no objection, that action shall be taken. Line item 10.4 shall be sent to formal with the recommendation to approve. <laughs> Moving on to line item. 10.5 and without objection I'd like to combine line item 10.5 and line item 10.7 these are relative to the same situation but they are uh, requests for legal representation and indemnification Line item 10.5 is of Corporal Charles Brodsky in lawsuit of Dorian Haslam versus City of Detroit. Line item 10.7 is a request for representation and indemnification of police officer Daniel Waldrop in lawsuit of Dorian Haslam versus City of Detroit. Is there a motion to approve? There's a motion to approve line items 10.5 and 10.7. Any objection? Hearing none, those actions shall be taken. Line items 10.5 and 10.7 shall be sent to formal with a recommendation to approve. Line item 10.6 is a request for legal representation and indemnification of Corporal Stacy. 
Cybulski in lawsuit of Oren Goldenberg versus City of Detroit. At all, case number 22-11217. Is there a motion to approve? Motion to approve. Any objection? Hearing none, that action shall be taken. Line item 10.6 shall be sent to formal with a recommendation to approve. Without objection, I'd like to combine line items 10.8, 10.10, 10.11, and 10.13. These are requests for legal, represent, legal representation and indemnification of various police officers in the lawsuit of D. Salvage LLC et al. versus City of Detroit et al. Is there a motion to approve or discuss? Motion to approve. Any objection? Hearing none, those actions shall be taken. Line items 10.8, 10.10, 10.11, and 10.13 shall be sent to formal with a recommendation to approve. Without objection, I'd like to combine line items 10.9 and 10.12. These are requests for legal representation and indemnification of two police officers in the case of Lamont Johnson versus City of Detroit at all. Is there a motion to approve or discuss? Motion to approve. There is a motion to approve line items 10.9 and 10.12. Any objection? Hearing none, that action shall be taken. Line items 10.9 and 10.12 shall be sent to formal with a recommendation to approve. Line item 10.14, submitting report relative to Board of Ethics vacancy. Is there a motion to receive and file? Motion. There's a motion to receive and file line item 10.14. Hearing no objection, that action shall be taken. Line item 10.15, submitting resolution authorization to request as a request to accept a donation of a HUSH digital privacy protection tool. Is there a motion to discuss? Discussion. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Thank you. I see Mr. Homot here. If you will please join us at the table. Good morning, sir. Good morning. Mike Homot, Do It Leadership Team. Thank you so much. Please share with us what we have here before us. Great. Um, through the chair, this is a um, Detroit-based startup company that is providing internet privacy um, for highly attacked individuals. 
So um, they've, to help their company and to help the city, they've offered us a one-year free trial. Um, what this will do is it will create monitoring for all elected officials uh, and and the top 10 most attacked individuals in the city will will also so what you do is once we sign up they'll give you a link and you can look at the link and it will show you on the dark web and everywhere because since elected officials and these top 10 attack people have their information out there um, it shows you where it all is for you and anybody else you, you're affiliated with and lets you work with them to remove your information, your private information from the dark web. So it will reduce the attack vectors of the city so that we're not being attacked and you're not as much likely to be a victim of phishing or other things in personal life or in professional which will help the citizens of Detroit and reduce our um, things. So it's a Detroit startup. We've been talking to them for about a month. The grants department has worked with us closely. The law department has worked us with, with us closely. It's a one-year trial. The documents and contracts state clearly that any information, if we choose not to renew, would be deleted at any time at request of the city. It's completely voluntary for anybody, but it's just since your information's published, as well as all elected, other elected, and then we get a report. I get a monthly report of the top 10 attacked individuals in the city, and it shows us these people are um, in tax or finance, and their, their email addresses are published and out there, so the hackers go after these people relentlessly. So this is just to try to reduce that attack surface. Thank you for that. So what type of um, private information is actually out there or that that can be compromised um, that this particular uh, software would protect individuals from? Well, the software will bring up identifiable information about you as far as a address, emails, um, any personal like trade associations or groups you're members of. Um, discussion or forums or chats, internet groups you're, you're part of and things like that. It'll go out, there's about 35 different categories of the information, maybe it's 25 that they track and follow through. Um, and then they just give you a report and say, we found your information on the dark web or we found your information on this site, not on the dark web. We can work with you to help you remove correct errors or just get rid of it. Is, is this something that Do It currently does, or is this our individual responsibility? This is, not, this is nothing any corporate, the corporations don't do this. This is something that um, is a very unique proposition. They're doing a, starting to do some work. They got named as a innovative company by the Defense Department. Um, so we're really looking to help, as, as we've talked in the past, build out the IT ecosystem in Detroit. We've been talking to the company for a few months and wanted to accept this trial. So it, it sounds to me like there have been times when you, I'll see a, a message that says your password has been used or shared in, in other capacities, like you may want to change your password. So would it be things like that, like this, this company would identify those things that are linked to public officials? 
it would be elected officials and the top 10 attacked people. So it would um, find, they found your password, they found your email address on this malicious site. They found your home address on this site. They found your car license plate number on this site. They find identifiable information about you and they send it to you and say, would you like help removing it? Got it. And do you know of any other products or services that this company provides? I believe this is their, their niche. This is what they're going after. Um, their, let's see, their statement is they are a premium privacy service that gives unprecedented vi visibility and control of their digital footprint. So, so they're, they're really marketing themselves to companies that have highly attacked individuals. So this is something that um, private companies would go after for people in their finance or accounts payable department, their, their leadership teams and things like that. Um, some companies are offering this to all of their employees is what they're marketing it as. We, we want to do a trial to reduce the attack surface that people are coming after us because we're constantly under attack. Interesting. Thank you. Colleagues, Member Callaway. Yeah, I, I absolutely don't support this at all. I hope it does not move beyond um, this committee. Um, how long has this company been existing? I just checked, checked their website and it says since 2021. So here we, can, here we go again with the company. We'll buy all their software and we have to do amendment after amendment after amendment after amendment so it will um, comply with our requirements. So absolutely not. How long have they been in business, Mr. Homat? Because I'm looking at their website. It says 2021. They're a startup, the Detroit. So I don't want them starting up with me as a guinea pig. Absolutely not. They should go to another city, try another municipality, and then come back. This is a brand new company wanting to use the city of Detroit and their elected officials who are predominantly African American as guinea pigs. I absolutely object. I don't need them to help me protect myself. I can do that myself. I don't need Hush helping me in that regard. Every donation, and I'm not, I'm not mad at you. you ha you're just doing it. You've been in talks with them. Let them go somewhere else and get the experience that they need and not experiment on the um, elected officials in this city. I totally object. They just started. Let them go to California. Oh, Falls uh, Church, um, where, where the city that we just gave a big contract to. Let them not hear. I, it needs to not go it, advance past this committee. And that's my, and if I need to make a motion, I'll do that. And I know um, Councilmember Waters has questions, but why do we have to be a guinea pig for all these startups? And all they're going to do, once we do the trial, you're going to come back. <clears throat> this is wonderful. And then in two years, 22 amendments, because they don't have all their software, and it doesn't really um, comply with our requirements. I think it's a bad idea. I don't need them get into my business. I don't give you permission to do that at all. If they get into my business, I think I know how to help myself and protect my identity. So, no, I absolutely do not support this. Um, um, and every donation is not a good donation. Some, deep, some donations need to stay with the company. Let them take this $18,000 value donation to another municipality and not here in the city of Detroit. I will not I will not vote for this at all. I'm sorry, um, and I just read their little website. They're a startup. Let them start somewhere else. Why the largest black city in America? Why do they have to come here and, and, and experiment on us? I'm elected official. I don't want them in my business. And where are they, where are they from? They're Detroit-based. No, no, Detroit. where are they from, sir? 
I, the, the, the CEO. He, he, he's I think it's India. His I'm LinkedIn, asking His you. LinkedIn page says Detroit. Um, their, <laughs> their CTO and development team is, I believe, in India. Their chief product officer is in Detroit. They have a Detroit office. They're here. They're trying to do a startup. We're, we're trying to build out the, the ecosystem. Chair. as. Madam Chair, everybody has an office in Detroit, a desk and a chair. That does not make you a Detroit because you have an office and a chair. I absolutely believe they need to go somewhere else and get some um, experience. But they want to give us a trial for one year, and you're going to come back here, Mr. Holmat, and say it's wonderful, it works, we've been able to protect the elected officials. We are predominantly African-American city. I don't want anyone uh, um, um, trying to help me protect my identity. I can do that myself. And I certainly don't want a company that is just starting up. Why do they have to come to Detroit and start with us and use us as guinea, guinea pigs? I want a track record so they can keep their $18,000 donation and give it to another state. Thank you, Madam Chair. Thank you, Member Calloway. So let me clarify. Uh, it has to move out of this committee. It cannot sit here. Um, I wish and, it could. Thank you. And, and Mr. Homer. <laughs> Thank you, Member Calloway. Uh, Mr. Homont, I know you thought you were coming here and doing a great deed. I know it because, because we always ask, or at least this committee is very focused on Detroit-based businesses uh, and startups and, and helping to provide that support um, for them to build and to grow. Um, I want to ask you, so you said they are identifying the top 10 uh, sort of targets, if you will, that are elected officials. What, how does that individual then say, okay, I'd like to identify or absolutely not. I'm not interested in, ha in moving forward. Through the chair. Yes, I did think this was something good. Um, we wouldn't have even met with them if they hadn't said they were Detroit based. Okay. We get weeks, we get dozens of these calls and emails a week. We, we, if it's a Detroit-based company, we listen and we talk to them and we try to build that ecosystem out. So you're right. I thought it was a good thing. The way the enrollment process works, there's two things here I may have con confused on. One is the top 10 attacked. That comes out of our email protection program um, called Proofpoint. They don't give us the list of the top 10 attacked. That's something we regularly get. And then we educate those people. We're like, hey, you're, you're one of the top 10 attacked people. Make sure you're extra careful. Um, so, so we're, we're really educating those people and giving them extra, extra education on phishing and things like that. The way the enrollment process works is the person's named or who, who wanted to join would get an email from this company saying, do you want to subscribe? And then you either subscribe or you don't. You can simply press delete on the email. You can ignore it. You don't have to do anything with it. And you're not involved. Okay? So it's a completely voluntary thing. For any individuals who want, we thought we'd start being as your email addresses and your your information is public. Um, just that was a logical place to start. We could ignore the elected officials and go after the top 25 attacked individuals in the city um, if we wanted to work with them. So it, it, it really was something we thought would reduce the, the attack surface for hackers to come after us. Um, through the chair, one other clarification. You have my word, there will be no amendments, there will be no anything. This, if we decided to pursue this in the future, after the trial, we would put it out for bid. We would not come 
with an amendment, and the contract would be a X term contract, and I will not put forward any amendment <sighs> for anything related to this corporation ever. So are you, is this something that you, you would be looking to do regardless of this grant? This was not on our radar. It's a Detroit-based technology startup, and the ecosystem here is a challenge. So we were looking to help feed the ecosystem. Our cybersecurity team thought it was a good idea. We ran it past them. Law department agreed with the contracts. So the grants department worked through the process. So that, that's the reason we're at the table. So I, I think that the only concern that I have at this point is um, – I appreciate them offering the opportunity to do this trial through a grant, um, but I'm wondering if this is something that we would actually um, purchase moving forward. If if the city would say, okay, we want to protect, um, you know, however many, because you all have access to the cybersecurity information and you would know the types of attacks that you see that you may stop, that you may prevent from happening, Understanding that you may not delve deeper into um, someone accessing my personal information, my bank information, my passwords, and things of that nature, but I don't necessarily envision that the city would go through a procurement process to identify an organization to protect my private information outside of my email address that is my city email address. The chair, we, we were not pursuing this. This was not on the radar. We were trying to work with Detroit-based company. Thank you. Any additional? Yes. Me member Waters. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Madam Chair. You know, as um, as uh, elected officials and public officials, so much of your information is already exposed anyway. And I don't. I really don't have a problem with it uh, being exposed. Frankly, mm -hmm. um, so. But I, I don't, you know, I, I'm not liking this, this startup company in terms of what they do. That, that is true. I just, I don't like it. Um, I have to agree with much of what uh, Member Calloway has said. Um, and then I, then I don't want us, you know, procurement, putting a contract out there to do all of that kind of stuff. I, I, I'm just very suspicious of it. Uh, oftentimes, when I make telephone calls, Somewhere you got everybody from other countries answering their phone. So they are starting to control this area, not just here, but in, in the United States. So I'm, I'm very uncomfortable with that. Um, as uh, Member Calloway indicated, I mean, they might have a, have a building here, but they are from somewhere else, I can assure you of that. And so I'm, I'm, not, I'm not comfortable um, uh, with that. And so... I'll just have to uh, keep reading, keep ignoring, and keep saying no, and all that kind of stuff, you know. And and I don't want IT spending their time on this kind of stuff. I mean, this is just this is just not a good use of of, of your time trying to, well, you know, we'll protect these officials. Let them go start at the state and go call the governor and see if she's interested. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, I and and you know, and and thank you so much for for bringing us forward and and for being concerned about us, I just, I'm suspicious of it, you know. I would never sign on to it, you know, and I don't, I don't want to spend city, city dollars. 
I know this is a grant, but but that's all it is. It will just lead to a procurement process, them asking for money. Member Calloway? Yeah, thank you, Madam Chair. Uh, Mr. Holmat, you mentioned the Defense Department. Does the Defense Department have a contract with this company? Through the Chair, I'm not positive. They were nominated. They, there was a press release about the Defense Department naming them as an innovative company in the cybersecurity space. I don't know if they have a contract. Okay. Um, I don't see that they do on their website. This is a brand-new startup, and I refuse to vote um, um, for this moving forward um, and using... Um, our elected officials, predominantly African-American in a predominantly African-American city um, to a company that just started. And, and, and just to you, every, every um, donation is not a good donation. And I agree with Member Waters. We have so many other critical issues. You're here almost every week wanting this, wanting this. Wanting, and this is not a good deal for the city, in my estimation. Um, and I've been here my – where are you from, Mr. Homat? Auburn Hills area. Okay. That's your original um, um, I was, home? I was born in Denver um, at an Air Force base. Okay. Um, yeah, this is my original home, and, 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 and I'm a newly elected official, and I'm very uncomfortable with this. And I'll keep saying every donation is not a good donation at all. And, and where do they get the grant dollars from? Through the chair. I believe that the grant dollars are a donation from them. They didn't get it from a foundation or any other entity. They were offering it so they could get exposure um, with us as, as a company name, as a customer name, and yeah. because they're Detroit-based, they wanted to, they, they proposed it to us as they wanted to do something to help the community. Yeah, that's, it's not a, thank you, Madam Chair, it's not a help to the community. It's no service to me at all. I don't see a benefit at it. When did they move to Detroit? When, when did they um, move their um, company to Broadway? Through the chair, I don't have that. I think we need more answers. Um, Ms., uh, Madam Chair, we don't know. They say they're Detroit. Has anybody verified that they are a Detroit-based company? I see their address on Broadway. Do we actually know they're not in India, but here in Detroit physically? Are they here um, temporarily? When did they move here? And, and, and so it's just too many questions. And so I absolutely object to us accepting this donation. We don't have enough answers to questions that I have, and you don't seem to be um, as informed that you should be, Mr. Homat, about this company. Yeah, we need Detroit-based companies, but there are a lot of African-American companies who are trying to get startup money, who are trying to get a footprint in the city and can't seem to get a, a start in the company, in the city where they um, have been their entire lives. So I'd like to see us um, um, help those who have been in the city and stuck it out and not try to help these startup companies from outside of the city of Detroit, yeah, I'm fighting for Detroiters. Yeah, I'm fighting for Detroiters, and yes, I'm going to continue to fight for legitimate, genuine um, Detroit-based businesses. Um, but this one is not a go for me. Very uncomfortable. Don't need their help. And um, thank you, Madam Chair. Thank you, Mr. Homat. Thank you, Madam um, Chair. Member Waters. Yes, I just, <clears throat> I think I recall the parliamentarian uh, telling us once before. If it sits here for about 30 days, it just automatically goes to formal. Is that correct? Dr. Through, through you, Madam Chair. Dr. Powers, um, that um, contracts, yes, um, that would be the, the case. But still, the, any line item um, is supposed to be moved out within 30 days, or it can be called out 
um, by the committee of the whole by at formal session. Okay, so so if we leave it here, and if the committee of the whole doesn't call it out, so it just it just you know goes. Right? Well, um, if you're not if you're if you intend not to approve it, if that's if that's the intent, it could be sent to formal with a recommendation to deny. Because okay. it's the I know, but what if we don't want to send it? Because <laughs> I don't I mean, think it's, it's mandatory it, that it, we send it. It's it's the responsibility of the standing committees to um, debate as you are, to review, and then send it to formal for the for the final. Uh, I can read the. Um, section in the rules if you like but that that's <laughs> you, look, let me tell you something i i i'm a madam chair so, mm -hmm. as a former legislator state legislator i mean you know we just, just sometimes let it die in committee so we so, can't we can't let it die in committee. <laughs> no, i'm sorry that it, we're not <laughs> lansing <laughs> <laughs> oh so well thank you madam chair thank you member callaway um, this, Madam Chair, thank you. This is not a contract. That's true, but there is also a section in the rules that deals with uh, line items, issues that have been sent to committee. Yeah, so, um, Madam Chair, I'd like to make a motion to um, send this to formal with the, um, well, it can just stay here for 30 days, can it? And then I can make the motion then. So I withdraw my motion that I was about to make. Can it just sit here for 30 days and then when... Is there a motion? What is there a motion to bring it back in 30 days? Motion. There's a motion to bring back line item 10.15 uh, in, in 30 days. Madam Chair. Member Calloway. How, um, and I guess it would be through the chair. Bless me to Dr. Powers. How long can we? Is there like 30 days that we can bring it back? Because member Waters just said a year Dr. or maybe Powers, three years. Dr. Powers, you actually turned your microphone off. That probably was a better thing. Um, <laughs> um, okay, so that confused me. I, <laughs> um, your question was, I'm sorry, can you please repeat it? Through the chair. Yes, ma'am. We said 30 days, bring it back. Then Member Water said a year. So is there a time limit that this body can bring back a line item? If you wish to play the yo-yo game, um, 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 it, you know, it, it could be sent to formal and then at formal make a motion to send it back to the standing committee. But then, of course, you run the risk of the other members of the of council wanting to either vote it up or down and get it get it out of the way um, it really isn't the proper procedure for dealing with any line item that's sent to committee um, I do know that there were some changes made um, and I do believe that uh, it has I mean I have to look for it if you want me to to speak after you're finished um, at this point, perhaps you might want to simply bring it back in, in two weeks um, or three weeks and then not a year. I would not, I, I would not absolutely suggest that. 
I, the most I would do would say bring it back in three weeks and then um, four weeks. <laughs> Thank you, Dr. Powers. So we there there is a motion on the floor to bring it back in 30 days. Um, and just for Mr. Homat, so this committee will be canceled next week because we don't have a quorum. Uh, so it would be at the at the most um, or at the least two weeks before it comes back before us. I think I think there are a number of questions um, relative to this, uh, and and I think it would be good for us to have an opportunity to be able to ask those questions, uh, and then we will figure out how to move this forward in 30 days. So there's a motion on the floor to bring line item 10.15 back in 30 days. Any objection? Hearing none, that action shall be taken. Line item 10.15 shall be brought back in 30 days. Madam Chair? One moment. Um, Mr. Homont, I, I know what your intent was. Trust me, I know what your intent was. And I know it's because of what we ask for at this table. Uh, and so maybe um, Member Callaway refined her request a little bit greater. Um, but just, just um, my honest reservation is that we are accepting this just because it's being offered to us and not necessarily something that the city would move forward in procuring to provide support to this business. It, it almost seems like, you know, we're just taking advantage, that we're just taking the support because it's being offered to us. Um, Dr. Powers. Um, I, if I may, just for clarity, read the section in the rules relative to the time limits. Um, and this is section 9.16, failure of a committee to act within 30 calendar days. Should the committee to which a proposed resolution, ordinance, petition, or other policy matter uh, that has been referred not report out such measure to the City Council within 30 calendar days from the date it appears on the committee agenda, a majority of Council members may call for said measures to be presented to the City Council by inclusion on the agenda of its next formal session following that at which the call is made. Council must then vote to approve or not approve the matter at that time. The second section is 9.17. The City Council by majority vote may order that a measure which has been referred to a committee be returned to the City Council at its formal session. A motion to refer any item back to a committee shall then include the time limit. So you have two, two ways that it would get out of here. Even it, You can't just like keep Keep it here. Thank you, Madam Chair. Member Waters, I believe Member Callaway had her. Okay, Member okay. Waters. No, I, I was just going to say quickly. I, I think we need to change the rules, and so <laughs> so that if we want something to die in committee, we can actually have that right if we put it in our rules. I, I just wanted to say that. Thank I won't you. respond. Okay, Madam Chair. 
Member Calloway. Since I am the chair of the Rules Committee, I'm hoping that my staff member, Attorney Peter Rose, will be writing that down. That will be a Rules Committee suggestion. Don't know if it can be done or not, but it's certainly an opportunity to discuss whether or not that rule can be changed. Since are you referring to, through the chair, are you referring to the um, committee rules, city um, charter, I'm sorry, city council committee rules? Um, Dr. Powers, through the chair? Yes, ma'am. That means it can be changed. Um, so, Madam Chair, um, um, through the chair, I'd like to see that change be made. So, Member Waters, since you brought it, up, brought it up, I did have my committee meeting on Monday. I adjourned it because I got no recommendations other than one from you. So, I'm asking perhaps we can work on it together and we can submit it to um, my meeting, which is going to be through the chair. Dr. Powers, when is the next Rules Committee meeting? It's my understanding, ma'am, that you're going to wait until after the budget process is finished. Okay. So we will be making a change, hopefully, regarding that particular provision. I think you said subsection, I'm sorry, section 9.16 and 9.17. Um, through the chair. Uh, those are the two relevant sections, but I remind you, ma'am, that they would be suggested amendments that would have to be approved by the whole body. And we, of course, would provide you with arguments to uh, pro and con relative to um, making that type of a change. Thank you. Thank you, Madam Chair. Thank you, Dr. Powers. Thank you. Mr. Homot, be encouraged. Thank you. Th thank you for, for joining we, we us today. We love you. <laughs> To the chair, thank you very much. Um, this was very educational. Um, just one one quick point of clarification: we've been working to build the, the Detroit IT community since before this this council was seated. I, um, Mr. Jackson, and I established the annual IT outreach a number of years ago. COVID interrupted it a bit, but we've got that back on track. And as I've shared at the table before, we're doing it biannually now. We're working on getting the the next one scheduled. I'm the chairperson of the Wayne State. University, Michael Lich School of Business IT Advisory Board as a volunteer to help um, build the IT community. I'm also a mentor with a group called We Build Character, renamed recently to Rise, um, advising my current mentee is a, um, across the street, a mid-level IT person looking to move into a senior role. So we, we are continuing to do this outreach. Madam Chair. Thank you. Thank you. Member Calloway. Yeah. Yes, um, thank you, Madam Chair. I would hope that we can do that outreach within um, the city of Detroit. We have Wayne State students. We have University of Detroit um, uh, Mercy students. Um, and this company just got started in 2021. They're not from the city of Detroit. We have folks who are in IT, who live in the city and have been here and would like for you to mentor them. So let's continue your outreach, and I'm hoping your outreach is it stretched far enough into the city where we can encourage young African-American um, IT professionals to stay in the city and not go to California, not go, you know, to Seattle, Washington, but to stay right here. But to, but to accept this grant, all that's going to happen, um, Madam Chair and, and to, to um, Member Waters, they're going to love it. It's a trial basis, and I guarantee you they're going to come back with a contract, and we'll be their first contract, and there'll be multiple amendments because the software is not going to fit what we require. So, you know, I hope that we will stretch um, our outreach far enough into the city um, and not, you know, luring uh, companies can come in here, but we really need to focus on building the outreach in the city from our young people who are here and who, who have the skill sets. So thank you, Madam Chair. Thank you, Mr. Holmat. Thank you. Oh, um, Member Waters. 
Yeah, I, I just want to say to you, I mean, with all the experience that you have, if you want to look at protecting folks here in this city, I, why don't you guys do it in-house? I mean, IT can do all of that. We, we don't need any outsiders um, to make to, to do those things for us. So I, I, you just sat there and talked about your, your resume. My goodness, why would you recommend them? You should be thinking about doing it. <laughs> Thank you, Madam Chair. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Homot. We appreciate your time. Colleagues, we are going to move to line item 10.16. Okay. Uh, submitting report relative to 2023 schedule of city council evening community meetings. Is there a motion to receive and file? Motion. There's a motion to receive and file line item 10.16. Hearing no objection, that action shall be taken. Line item 10.17. Council President Mary Sheffield submitting resolution continuing the Detroit City Council Task Force on Homelessness and Affordable Housing. Is there a motion to approve? Motion. There's a motion to approve line item 10.17. Hearing no objection, that action shall be taken. Line item 10.18. Councilmember Mary Waters submitting memorandum relative to questions regarding contract number 6004489. Is there a motion to approve or discuss? Motion to discuss. Discussion, Member Calloway? Just real quick, thank you, Madam Chair. Okay, so I'm familiar with this contract, but for purposes of the public who get this agenda, they don't know what contract number 600-4489. So if the clerk could just list what the contract involves. I mean, we're familiar with this, but other folks have access to this agenda, and it would just be real helpful if they could just list what the contract is about. You know, we know um, Council Member Waters had questions about this particular contract, but it just lists the number. So if we can just, it, this is to the clerk, if we can just list just a few details about the contract for those who were not um, in session when this contract was discussed. That would be very helpful instead of just listing the contract number, just some details um, saying what the contract is all about. Thank you, Madam Chair. Thank you. Madam Chair. Madam Clerk. The clerk will so note Member Calloway's suggestion regarding the memorandum submitted. Thank you. Thank you. Is there a motion to receive and file line item 10.18? Motion. There's a motion to receive and file line item 10.18. Hearing no objection, that action shall be taken. We are now moving into member reports. Member Waters. Uh, thank you, uh, Madam Chair. Um, the Minority Business um, Task Force, which you all are a member of, we <laughs> Waters and... Johnson and Callaway, the three of us, uh, there's a workshop on um, this Saturday from 12 to 2 at Wayne County Community College on um, at Connor on the east side there. Is that your district? Of course it is. Okay. <laughs> All right. So from 12 to 2, and, and, and we just want to continue to assist people with um, who are, 
who might have a business idea and don't know how to quite set it up, number one. Number two, um, um, they're, um, people don't know how to get registered with the city. They want to become a vendor with the city. If they feel that they have something to offer. We want to make sure that they're able to do that. See, sometimes, Madam Chair and colleagues, you know, people come up with a business name. Oh, this is the name of my business. And it stops there. But if you really want to grow that business and, and be able to, to apply for various contracts, you got to make sure that it's a legitimate business. And it has to be registered state and federal government and so forth and so on. So we want to continue to educate people about how to do uh, those kinds of things. And, um, and so we, we'll be planning our summit pretty soon. Uh, ladies, you know, we, our staffs have been communicating and so we're going to make it really, really big uh, this year. We're looking forward to it. All right. Thank you, Madam Chair. Thank you. Member Calloway? Thank you, Member Calloway. Uh, and the only thing I want to share and um, make sure that when we host our small business task force events, that workshop, uh, that is not in conflict with uh, something that's already happening in my district. Um, so on Saturday from uh, 10 a.m. until 2 p.m., we are actually hosting an expungement fair. Uh, and so we encourage everyone. So we're partnering with Project Clean Slate, and we want to encourage everyone to uh, send folks our way, those that are interested in um, starting the expungement process, uh, just to make sure that we are positioning people to be able to um, move and be productive and uh, help them with securing employment and, and all of those things and making sure that any record that they have is not hindering them from being up, upwardly mobile. Uh, so that is Saturday, February 25th from 10 a.m. until 2 p.m. in District 4, located at 11111 Whittier, which is Martin Evers Baptist Church. Uh, so I look forward to seeing everyone there, and then we'll make sure I make a dash over to Wayne County Community College for the uh, Minority Business Task Force. Uh, that is the only thing that I have. Um, if there is nothing else to come before us, we shall stand adjourned.